is Lyle Blackburn, and you're listening to the Cryptid Creatures Podcast with Brian and Todd. About two o'clock in the morning, I was woke up to something walking by the tent that shook the ground. And that's what woke me up. This thing was shaking the ground as it walked right by the tent. Boom, boom, boom. Well, it started talking. And not only was there just one, there were three different ones talking to each other outside our tent. I'm crapping because I, I, I myself am not like believing this is even going on. They sounded like the American Eskimos or American Indians sounded like a dialect somewhere in there. This is the 100th episode of the Cryptid Creatures podcast. I am Brian and with me as always is my co-host Todd. What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? 100 Man, I know. I can't believe I've been doing it this long. I mean, that is just amazing. It's been. It doesn't even seem like it just flew by. I know. Uh, it's been well over a year and a half now, going on two years, and uh, here we are. I mean, I've never really done a hundred of anything before, so. Not mm, me either. <laughs> nope. Thank you to all the listeners for being here so far. We appreciate it more than anything. Yes, thank you all for supporting us for these last two years. We're going to keep bringing you great content. The next hundred will be even better. So again, thank you. Right on, man. Tonight's episode, Brian, as you know, we thought we'd bring it back home. Yeah. Yeah. Another Indiana encounters. Several encounters. Got a couple Indiana encounters coming on tonight. We're going to bring on Kyle, who's going to tell us about his encounters in Indiana. excited about that. We'll bring it back to where it started, Indiana. Exactly. And then I think he had one or two up in Michigan as well he might talk about, so... All right. Well, I can't wait to hear him. All right. Well, let's get this 100th show on the road. You ready? Yep. Let's get it. What's up, Kyle? Hello. Kyle, thanks for talking to us tonight. Yeah, man. Good to have you. Thank you. We were connected by a mutual friend and former guest on our show, uh, and you know, Dwayne, who had his encounter and everything in Indiana here. And that's where you had your, your incidences and encounters, right? Right. So how do you know Dwayne? Uh, actually, I served with him on the same police department. I was a reserve officer for six years. And, uh, yeah, I served with him. He was one of my training officers, actually, when I started. Okay. Cool. Well, why don't you get into the first uh, encounter incident that you had and um, tell us what happened. Okay. Well... Uh, the first definite one that I know um, happened when I was over in uh, Kosciuszko County. At, uh, it was a fish and wildlife area, and I was looking for a place to bow hunt and parked my vehicle and started walking down the road, um, just like basically finding, you know, access into the woods where I could see the game trails, you know, and, uh, went from there. And as I'm walking along through the woods, 
I hear these two sandhill cranes squawking and making all kinds of racket. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, what's going on there? So walked up over the hill and I had my phone with me. So I decided to take two pictures of them. And as I took those pictures, uh, startled me, but uh, Sasquatch was hiding there in the nest of foliage behind them. Didn't know it until it stood up. And, of course, I'm startled. I, I only got to see it for maybe five seconds. And it, it probably had ran 100 yards in maybe four seconds, I'm going to say. Um, wow. I would have said the height of it is probably a good nine feet tall because uh, I came up to probably its belly button. And this thing was just jet black. It was as thick as it is wide. And, of course, I freaked out, took off running, back to my vehicle, sat there probably like a half hour just to calm down. I was shaking from adrenaline so bad. And then I thought to myself, I wonder if I got that you know, on my pictures that I took, because I was just, like I said, just taking pictures of the sandhill cranes as far as I knew. And then I realized that I did pick it up, although it looks, you know, like just dark, maybe blobbish. But, uh, you know, the pictures I sent to you guys, I had circled where it was. That was my first encounter uh, that, that I had seen one. And that was... July of 2017. How close yeah. were you? Oh, at most it was probably 35 yards away. It, was, it wasn't very far. Did you get a, any details of the of the face? Uh, to me, it looked like an aboriginal from Australia, just hairy in the face. Okay. It didn't look like an ape to me. It looked more like... Yeah, an Aboriginal native. Yeah, of course, had thick brow ridge, um, thicker than an Aboriginal, but it had the same features to its face, in my opinion. Didn't really look apish to me at, at all. Like you hear some people say they look like apes, but it, it looked like a person to me. Just very, you know, giant person, of course. Right. And you said this happened in Game Preserve? Yeah, the, it's a fish and wildlife area there. Um, there's actually three counties that are sh are shared. Weird to see that happen in more northern Indiana, but that's that's what we're it hearing. <laughs> so what else happened, Kyle? Um, second encounter uh, was in the Huron National Forest up in Michigan. Uh, the closest city at the time would have been Glenny, and my it was my my ex wife. Now we were on a loop trail within the the park that we were at, and I don't really want to name specific locations just because I don't want these things to be harassed, and I don't want yeah. people to go and do something stupid and get hurt. So I, you know. Right we decided to go walk this loop trail and 
um, previous to going there, I had looked at some videos on YouTube. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys have watched, uh, used to be Utah Sasquatch and he was showing some of the structures and things that Sasquatch are known to make. So I had an idea what to look for. You know, I wasn't really looking for it, but as we're on this loop trail, uh, we're going along and there's just tree after tree pushed over the trail you know, from both sides of the trail. And I said to her, boy, it sure looks like uh, someone or something has went through an awful lot of trouble to block this trail off. And, you know, she pretty much said thought the same thing. So we progressed down the trail and I saw this structure there and it looked like um, just a dome made out of uh, branches woven together. I'd say it was at least 10 feet tall. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, but the, like the weirdest thing that grabbed me was looking at it at the very top in the center was a, uh, it looked like the top of a pine tree was placed there like a decoration. And the odd thing was we're in a hardwoods area. There were no pine trees to be seen. I, I looked 360 as far as the eye could see, and there wasn't a pine tree in sight. So it had to have been brought there and placed there, I'm assuming. And so at that point, I decided to go into this thing. So I'm in it, and I didn't smell anything odd, or I didn't see any footprints or anything like that. But after being in there a few minutes, we were both looking at it it dawned on me that one might be nearby said, you know, something to her, you know, we should probably get going because, you know, we're in this thing's home probably. And it could be nearby looked off to my right. And there was one, it was a red haired one and it was squatted down like in the football lineman stance, one, one hand on the ground and the other seemed like it was on its hip. And uh, <clears throat> this one, excuse me, had very long hair, whereas the the previous black one I had seen had shorter hair, it seems. So this had really long hair uh, streaming off its arms, I'd say between six and ten inches long in some places. And uh, so we see this sitting there watching us. And I just told her, don't don't look it in the eyes just start walking and if i tell you to run run don't worry about me you know because me being the husband you know my duty to protect her i thought and uh, <laughs> so yeah we started back out on the trail and we passed some undergrowth there's probably a section of it, maybe 30, 40 feet long where we couldn't see where it was on the other side of it. But as we cleared that undergrowth, could see where it was again, it was gone. But one of the odd things was uh, while I was in that little hut or big hut, however you want to look at it, um, it seemed like you could see every area of the park 
from where it was, but there would be no way you could see it from the park. You could mm. see where all the uh, seasonal RVs were. You could just see uh, it was across the uh, the other side of the river there. Um, I'm trying to think. The Osabo River. Yeah, that's where it was, was along the, that river up there. So, yeah, you could see the entire park from inside that hut. Hmm. So he was just so, just sitting there watching you come yeah. out of his, his home. Yep. Never, never felt scared, never smelled anything, and never made any any noises. It was just uh, just sitting there watching us. Which well, I good, I guess. Kind of thought was odd. But Did this one look like the first one that you saw? Could you tell? That one I I thought it did too. Uh, it had like uh, looked like leathery gray skin you know deep set eyes it was more setting back in the shadows but uh you, you know you could tell it looks human to me it's just a bigger head of course bigger eyes bigger head uh wider nose uh like a flat flat long mouth but just giant mm-hmm. giant proportions um, i would say both of them looking at their biceps it's like bowling balls uh, closest thing i could compare it to but their their arms just look like tree trunks i mean it's sort of their legs but it's like their forearms are just so immensely huge it, it's like looking at a football player's leg the size of their leg is the size of one of these things forearms it's insane wow what did your wife say after you guys saw it and got out of there? She was just relieved to be out of there. Uh, she was from Denver, Colorado. So she grew up kind of knowing that they are around and she has some Indian American Indian heritage. So it didn't really surprise her any. I mean, it, the, to see one in Indiana, I would have never expected in a million years to see one in Indiana nor up in Michigan. I always had thought they were out in the Pacific Northwest, maybe in the Rockies up in through Canada, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I saw the Gimlin film like everybody else. I remember watching that on TV with my dad. Uh, I think it was on in search of when I was just young, you know, and he asked me if I thought they were real. I said, it looks real. So, you know, why can't it be real? And then, yeah. you know, years later, we find out that nobody can duplicate that. Not even Steven Spielberg, you know. Yeah, I just never in a million years would have thought I'd ran into one around here. I, I always thought if I ever saw one, it would be such a rare occasion and it would have to be, you know, Pacific Northwest or something like that. I, I never would have dreamed yeah. of seeing one. Yeah, we... Um, we thought the same thing when we started this podcast and we were surprised. <laughs> I can honestly say that Indiana might be tied for the most encounters against any other state that we've done an episode on. Honestly, I mean, this makes three or four, at least for Indiana that I know of, maybe five that we've done. So yeah. that we know of that's crazy to me. I would have mm-hmm. never thought that these things were in yeah. Indiana either. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, cause there's nothing here. Corn. You know, you hear about them in Michigan more, and that's uh, that's more believable. But yeah, I, anywhere there's some uh, 
some waterway and some heavy woods. Uh, you kind of just you know, are, guess, are yeah, anything can live there. Wildlife refuge kind of places. Uh, <laughs> They seem to be popping up there. It's just so crazy. And it seems to me, I mean, really, when you think about Indiana or Illinois or Michigan, most of the area is rural anyways. Uh, you know, it's pretty sparse in between big cities. It's all agriculture. Around here. And, you know, it's either corn, soybeans, wheat, or woods, pretty yeah. much True. in between. Yeah big cities and really northeast indiana you got fort wayne that's the biggest city around and you know wherever the county seat seems to be is like the larger cities uh but you know in between there it's all rural everywhere you go so they got plenty of places to hide there's plenty of uh, railroad tracks for them to walk up and down seems like they uh, are known to do that so we got plenty of railroad around here. That's true. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Uh, we do have a lot of railroad ways around here. Back to your first encounter, yeah. Kyle. What did you do after you got the heck out of there? Did you tell anybody? Did you go hide? What, um, what happened? I, I did. Uh, but, of course, I learned to keep it quiet because most people just laugh at you and then think you're crazy you know so um started looking into it you know after my first sighting and uh knew that gee you know all these people all over these states are seeing them then i know i'm not alone so these people that think it's a, a laughable joke you know you see these jack links messing with sasquatch yeah uh commercial stuff you know making fun of the subject and i you know i really w- wish it wasn't that way I, I really wish that people knew it's a real deal being out there and whatever mm-hmm. you know abilities they have may it be uh i don't know if it's supernatural or that they can go in and out of this oh what's the word i'm looking for portal dimension uh, this dimension you know, I, I don't know. I don't know where they came from. If they're from, uh, if they're the Nephilim, like some people think, I don't know. You know, have they been here as long as us? Could be, could be here longer. I, I don't have any idea, yeah. but I, I do think they share the same DNA, I guess, uh, to a degree. I mean, you got Dr. Melba Ketchum that, that uh, did the Sasquatch Genome Project, and they had over 100 different uh, samples. And, you know, if mainstream science isn't going to admit it, and th- then there's got to be a reason why. And why is that? It can't just be to protect forests. It's got to be something that's gonna, just going to, like, blow people's socks off, something that... They're going to have to rewrite history or something to that degree, I think. Yeah, that's it's that's possible. Definitely a, a broader subject than I ever imagined it could be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're finding that out every time we talk to somebody new. Definitely. Yeah, the more we learn, the more confused I get. And, yeah, mm-hmm. who knows what the hell yeah. these things are. Maybe they're keeping it covered because maybe yeah. – 
they think it's a the government or whoever does know what these things are, if that's true, maybe they think it's a link between, you know, the missing link or the link between evolution of, of apes to man. And they don't want to let that out because no one really, a lot of people don't believe that. Who knows why it's being kept a secret. But yeah, I mean, I think they've been here a long time. I'd like to believe that they're just a natural creature that has, you know, been here for for a long time, as long as man, if not longer, a caveman, so to speak. They're very stealthy. They're very good at hiding. They have some kind of yeah. maybe cave systems that we don't know about that they stay in. Who knows? Who knows what these things are doing? But yeah, to see them in the areas that people are seeing them in middle northern Indiana, for one, I would never have thought in my life. Growing up thinking, uh, you know, oh, I want to see a Bigfoot. I want to see a Bigfoot someday, but I got to go out west. I got to go to California. I got to go to Oregon. I'd yeah, be driving down the highway. Growing up. Yeah. Be driving down the highway tomorrow here in Indiana, and boom, I could see one down. You know, who knows? It's crazy. Yeah. It, I guess, can be anywhere, anytime. So, you know, for me to, to have as many things happen to me when I go camping or out in the woods, I'm starting to believe that theory that people come up with it, with they, they might mark you in some fashion. I don't know, but I've had a lot of things happen to me more so when I was younger than I even knew then I didn't realize until I started looking into this stuff and then found out, man, some of these things that happened to me when I was a teenager that couldn't explain then now I have an explanation for not necessarily saying everyone was, but I'm leaning that way. What kind of things happened to you? Well, I used to be in boy Scouts. Of course, you know, we would hit the trails sometimes coming back at night and, uh, we would have something parallel on us through the woods. Actually we had that happen a couple times. And the one was at, I think it was little turtle scout camp i'm just gonna throw the name out there don't care that was oh boy i was probably 14 15 then and uh we ended up running through the woods because you know we stopped and we we would hear like one more step and then it would stop and then we'd run it would run we'd stop and you'd hear like another step or two hmm. but there's nobody with a flashlight or anything and it was pitch blackout so who the heck is running through the woods with no flashlight keeping right. up with us and you know we're 14 15 years old of course we're freaking out we ran through the woods as fast as we could back to camp and then you know told those guys what was going on and they they just thought we had overactive imaginations of course but of course. we knew what we heard we knew what we experienced so you Nobody was going to talk us out of what just happened to us, you know, Right. to lend some credence to, uh, it'd be Dwayne Anderson. That was in episode nine, a friend of mine is deceased now, but, uh, we were probably 15 or 16. We both had the same kind of moped and we went out west of town and where we were was probably no more than a thousand yards where Dwayne has his encounter outside of town. We parked our mopeds along this bridge and we got off and looked over the side and there were 
probably five or six dead deer laying down there under the bridge and looked like they had broken necks. And my friend, he said he wanted to go, you know, down around under the bridge to get a closer look at him. I don't know why, I, <laughs> but whatever he did, he made it. And I would say just as his feet cleared from where the embankment is, uh, let's say you could, you were under the bridge and could see him as soon as you probably could have seen his legs. That's when we heard a growl and it was a deep growl, but it sounded like a human being it, or a very large human being. And when he heard it, his eyes got, you know, as big as, you know, saucers and he tore ass back up on the bridge. And then, uh, we both got on our mopeds and took off out of there. And, uh, later that night we went to, it was a dance at the, uh, the cafeteria at school is where they used to hold them. And, uh, we were in junior high and we ran into the police chief. So police chief and my dad were really good friends. Actually, my dad used to be the chief police up until 1974 and the chief that we were talking to had just started on the department with my, with my dad. He was underneath my dad, you know, uh, as an officer. And we talked to him about it and he said he would go out and check it out. He told us <laughs> when we did ask him again, he said, don't go out there. You got no business being out there. Just stay away from there. So I don't know what it was he saw. He never did tell us what he saw. I, so this day, I still wonder. And for years, I I just, you know, put that off to the side. Never really gave it a second thought until some of this stuff started happening to him. Just like the thing, you know, being chased through the woods when, when I was a Boy Scout. Stuff like that. But uh, that thing at the bridge happened... I'd say 1987, 88. So within, you know, six, seven years of when Dwayne had his encounter just down the road. So wow. who knows? Could have been the same, same thing. That's interesting. Know. But yeah, we didn't, we didn't know this until, oh gee, I talked to him maybe a couple months back. Uh, another guy we served with, I said, man, I sure wish I could talk to Dwayne right now. And he's like, well, I've been talking to him for like two and a half hours. And I was like, dude, send him, send him my info because he, he told me he had an encounter out in that area. And I was like, no way. I got to talk to him because, you know, I served with him. And of course he didn't mention it. Nobody's going to mention that when you're a cop, no. you know, <laughs> nobody. It's just something you, you just don't talk about. Right. And I, I get now that he's retired. Now he can let it out, you know, and he did. And I believe him 100%. He is uh, definitely a straight shooter. He's no bull kind of guy. And to have something happen, you know, within maybe a thousand yards of where he did, <laughs> I just couldn't believe, you know. It's like that's such a coincidence, you know, being that close. And, uh, yeah, never – Never once did either one of us know that we had something happen to us out there. And you hmm. probably weren't the only ones. But, you know, there's probably more 
that uh, encountered whatever was running around out there. And I know that area you're talking about. Uh, we won't disclose it, but I actually drove by there on yep. my way to somewhere and just happened to be close. And I thought I'd pop by where Dwayne said it happened. And I, I sent him a picture. He's like, yeah, that looks like it. That's it. Uh, so where in relation would that bridge be to that spot? North, south, east, or west? Just curious. It's actually uh, south of his encounter location. Okay. It's on the same county road, Okay, but it jogs. It actually, like, okay. Um, I know you're talking to me. You crossed some So tracks. if you take North South, you head north down the road, and the road will tee. And if you take a left for maybe uh, 100 yards, 200 yards, and then take a right, that's the road extended. So it, it just does a little jog to the left. And then it goes under a trestle for the uh, railroad there. That's that's where Dwayne uh, had his encounter, and that's where my friend and I were out there on our mopeds. But it, it's like a 1,000 yards away from where Dwayne had his gotcha. okay. happen. I'm wondering if there's still anything going on to this day, hiding out under that bridge, using it as a yeah, I don't know spot. Oh, I'm sure there. I'm sure there would be. So, Brian, we should take a road trip here soon yeah. and check that out. <laughs> Absolutely, it's not that far. It's it's only maybe two miles outside of town. Maybe there's just a little. Uh, well, Garrett is where I'm from. And then there's just another little town that's uh, it's it's still considered a town, but you know at one point the city of Garrett was, and I think still do do the uh, patrolling through there, even though they they want to be independent of Garrett. It's just a little tiny town called Altona. Yeah, like you said earlier, you know you guys aren't going to be lying you're you've served as police officers for one and you've kept it a secret until after you're done serving and uh you know why would you make something like that up you know there's right. no reason for it right especially yeah, you're not yeah, gain anything. I, well, I, don't, I don't i don't need fame or anything like that and for me to just get ridicule for it why yeah why do i want to make this up right exactly you know to be as a crazy nut whatever or likes to tell stories or whatever mm -hmm. I, I don't want to be known as so i'm very selective as to who i talk to about and if they'll bring up the subject or whatever uh i it just depends just depends yeah i don't blame, yeah, I don't blame you. you yeah i don't blame you at all and i had a another encounter same ex-wife we were camping up there on uh it would be the extreme west side of the upper peninsula not very far from lake superior pretty remote camping location <laughs> day we got there we unloaded everything out of the back of the had a chevy trailblazer at the time so we loaded every unloaded everything got everything set up around picnic table got the tent pitched and all that and then had to go get some wood so this was just down the road saw a place to uh get wood on the way there i asked her if she wanted to come with me because i didn't really feel right you know leaving her there by herself but you know she was continuing to set some smaller stuff up 
And she's like, no, it's okay. I got my bear spray. I got an ax. I got a knife. And you're only going to be, you know, a few minutes anyway. So she's like, no, I'll be all right. Like, okay. So I go get wood, come back. She's sitting in the camp chair, just white as a ghost. And I say, what happened? And she's like, well, uh, I went across the road and started to cut this down tree over there and got wood knocks back. So ran back here and been sitting here uh, waiting on you to come back. I'm like, great. So they know we're here and now I know they're here. <laughs> so this is going to be fun, you know, <laughs> get, get fire going and all that and finish setting up camp. Yeah, I'm sitting there just talking to her, and every once in a while, I'd see something move out in the woods. It'd be just in the shadows, and you know, just enough to catch my eye. And I'd look up, and she'd be like, "What are you looking at?" And I'd say, nothing, just nothing. <laughs> and she knew, she knew what I was looking at because it would grab my attention, and I just didn't want to, you know, frighten her. Right. Really, so kept seeing this throughout the day. Just some movements back through the woods you know nothing happens and later that night turn in I'm laying you know laying there and end up falling asleep didn't think nothing of it just another camp out about one o'clock in the morning i heard a what i thought was a barred owl but it wasn't a barred owl it was like sound like a really big barred owl and i've come to find that they like to make that sound and it's uh it's a pretty close mimic but you can tell <laughs> you can tell it's not a barred owl so i heard that and listen listen nothing happened fell asleep about two o'clock in the morning i was woke up to something walking by the tent that shook the ground and that's what woke me up this thing was shaking the ground as it walked right by the tent, boom, boom, boom. And then <laughs> I hear it out there smelling. And the only thing that I have personally been around that I could compare it to is like, uh, being next to like a draft horse or, you know, a large horse breathing. That was that, that depth of breath going in and out of this thing. It wasn't wow. snorting around or huffing like a, like a black bear or anything like that. And, uh, so, you know, I'm at full attention now, whatever this, you know, and, uh, well, it started talking and not only was there just one, there were three different ones talking to each other outside our tent. Um, of course woke my ex-wife up. And I put my hand over her mouth and, you know, shh. It's like, listen, they're out there talking. And, you know, I'm crapping because I, I, I myself am not like believing this is even going on. But they sounded like if you've ever watched any documentary about like uh, the American Eskimos or American Indians, sounded like a dialect somewhere in there. Okay. But it, 
very, very deep voice. But this thing was, uh, yeah, right outside our tent talking, and it sounded to me like there was one on each side of us behind our tent. So it, like, kind of triangulated around us, and they were all talking. It probably went on for maybe two minutes, and <laughs> then just walked away. Meanwhile, I got to I got to go outside and take a whiz, but there's no way I'm going out. You know, it, it was a little after two in the morning and I knew I wasn't going outside of the tent until at least daybreak. Um, <laughs> still, I wasn't really, like afraid, but I didn't want to go out there and have something happen. You know, I'm not stupid, but, but right. I guess it takes a lot to me, but you know, I guess I would be as close to being scared as I could be, I guess. But, uh, yeah. So I'm holding it for like three hours. I had to roll outside the tent. There's no way I could stand up. My, my bladder was so full. It hurt to even try to stand up. So I had to roll off the tent and unleash, so to speak. Yeah. That was the, the last encounter I've had up in Michigan, but I, I have heard them howling. Like you've heard, maybe some clips from Sierra sounds or just sounds from around the country that people recorded with their cell phones or video cameras. I've, I've heard that stuff like at Salamone reservoir and I've heard them howling there, uh, shade state park, Brown County state park. Yeah. That's, mm. and it's usually always at like two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. They start off and, in Puerto Rico, we call ourselves Boricua. We are proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live Boricua. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. If there's any dogs in the neighborhood or whatever that, that we start howling and barking to, so it's yeah, crazy. Interesting. I've heard that several times about that owl mimic they try to do, but you can the people yeah. say they can tell that it sounds like they're trying to mimic an owl, and it's and it's not the best yeah. impression. It's a close match, pretty close, but you can tell it was like, man, that sounds like a really big owl. You just know it's not <laughs> an owl, but it's really close. They must be mm -hmm. doing it for communication or but, something. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but it seems to be a, a definite thing that they do. Um, then, uh, of course, I meet my girlfriend now. We've been together for, that's uh, going on two years. But I had to tell her, like, because I asked her if she likes camping. Oh, yeah. You know, she loves camping. 
this is when we like first started dating and it's like great then we can go camping but there's some stuff i gotta tell you and she's like okay what and i told her i've had all these things happen so you can think i'm nuts whatever but i'm telling you if you come camping with me something more than likely is going to happen and she's like well okay you know She's like, I believe in some things that people might think I'm crazy for. So I guess, you know, this isn't that odd to her. So, okay. So then we go to the Indiana Dunes uh, National Forest there and uh, or whatever it is, National Park. 11 o'clock at night, snap, tree right behind our, our campsite. I said, you heard that, right? She's like, oh, yeah. I was like, well, sounds like they're here. And again, they know I'm here. And I said, now, you know, I wasn't BSing you, you know. <laughs> so we had uh, her two granddaughters with us at the time. And um, after they went to bed, we stayed up for a little bit talking around the campfire. And uh, then when we decided to go to bed, funny thing, it could smell like very strong ammonia, like, I don't know if you've ever been around a cat's litter box and smell that, um, the ammonia that comes off of their urine. But I mm -hmm. smelled strong ammonia smell like that. Now I smelled it for, for a little while. And then uh, maybe a few minutes later, we hear our whole picnic table start shaking. And then just hear footsteps running off. It scared the crap out of us. That actually did startle us, you know. Um, but yeah, who's gonna pick up a, like a whole picnic table and shake it? Cause like everything on there, it sounded like a, it sounded like an earthquake almost was shaking the picnic table. Nobody around, you know, hmm. we were the only two up, but you know, just pretty odd happenings. Then another state park we were at, we were out on a trail and again, the barred owl call. We're down in this ravine, making our way back up. To the trail to, to get out so we stop start looking at our map make sure we're going the right way and we start getting rocks thrown at us so looking around there's nobody around we're the only ones out it's getting towards dusk and we're, we're aware that they throw rocks and acorn sticks whatever and i just yelled okay we're leaving and then it stopped so then we commenced to get out of there, off the trail, and I do believe that's the last thing I've had happen to. But wow. she is definitely a believer. I I got no reason to make this stuff up. It, it happens to me, and she needed me made aware that that's what happened. And to go with the to go with the uh, the happenings there at the Indiana Dunes. We're both up uh, the next morning, and the one granddaughter asked her, uh, why was Kyle pushing in on our tent last night? And she's like, he, he wasn't pushing in on your tent. And she's like, he wasn't? She's like, no, we went to bed, and we were in the tent together all night. It wasn't him. And she's like, well, they had a big hand. And she's like, how big? And shows her and you know it looks like it's like a foot long hand is what she 
you know, wow. put her hands up to like, yeah. So something with about foot long hands was pushing in on the top of her tent. Were there any marks or anything left on the tent? I didn't see anything. I have, you know, every instance that I know that they've been around, I've looked for footprints and either the ground's just too, too gravelly and hard. Can't pick up anything. I've right. even looked at, uh, the pollen that's left on the, the vehicle windows. Cause I guess sometimes now they like to go up and like peer into your windows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looking for any kind of hand, anything. Uh, and I have yet to find any handprints or, hmm. or footprints like that. But, okay. you know, I guess. Yeah, keep looking. I'm pretty fortunate. Maybe I guess fortunate to have been able to see two of them. Or who knows? Maybe it's a curse. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I just. I guess it depends on how you look at it. Do you want to see another one? Sure. Why not? I just don't want one that's like the angry type you always hear about, like <laughs> roaring at people yeah. and, you know, like paralyzing them with fear. I don't want that. I don't ever right. want that. Then nobody wants that. Um, I guess from my experience, except for the one that, you know, the first one I saw ran away from me. But the red one, red haired one, it just sat there watching. And then, you know, I never did get to see the ones that were talking. I mean, to, to see one, I mean, you, you just won't believe your eyes of how big they are. Because I can compare it to maybe when I was like two and my dad would come home from the railroad. You know, he worked on the railroad after he, he uh, resigned from the uh, police department because he couldn't raise three kids on a cop's pay. So he went to the railroad. Mm-hmm. When I was like two or three and dad would come home and I'd wrap my arms around his leg, you know, dad's home. That's how that thing made me feel like, you know, my dad was like a giant to me when I was two, three years old. So that's kind of how I felt looking at the <laughs> the ones that I've seen. They just make you feel like you're so minuscule and they could just tear you limb from limb if they ever felt like it. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure they could incredibly strong i mean just to hear uh, they can rip trees out of the ground and turn them upside down you know shove them back in the ground or just to snap a tree Mm -hmm. what's the you know what's the psi to break a tree you know i don't know it's got to be a lot you got three inch tree go hang on one try to break it there's no way Mm -hmm. he's not gonna do it and they just you know you watch uh any kind of program with like gorillas and stuff, the amount of strength they have and they break bamboo, like nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, and they make a gorilla look tiny. You know, they're, they're easily twice as twice as heavy as a gorilla. You wonder how they stay hidden, you know, being that big, how the hell do these things stay hidden like this? They're smart. Uh, you know, well, the mountain gorilla was thought to be a made up. Yeah. That was <laughs> a myth too, for a long time. You know, uh, what was it? The early 20th century, they finally found him, maybe, or the yeah, late 19th century, early 1900s. Thought it was a myth, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess if they could stay hidden for what? I mean, how far back do you want to go? <laughs> uh, thousands yeah. of years, hundreds of years, 
uh, once man became more civilized and was documenting things, I guess, would he talk in six, seven, eight hundred years, a thousand years before that? I don't know. You know but, yeah, I mean, if those things stayed hidden just until years ago, whatever it was, then why right. couldn't something else be out there that was more intelligent, that had a better surrounding and environment to hide in, be out there and, and doing what, what Bigfoots are doing? Why couldn't it? Right. And we got yeah. Native Americans saying for centuries that they knew about them and used to trade with them, and they're, they call them people. So I'm going to go with that and say they're probably a type of people. They definitely yeah, have sure. a they have a language. It sounds like mm-hmm. I said, Eskimoish or Native American, some kind of dialect like that. I'm sure it's some kind of some kind of dialect, different dialect of of Native all. American. But you know, you got all these people. Oh, we've got so many trail cams and this and that. We'll catch them on trail cam. Well, not if they can see infrared or right. I, I'll equate putting a uh, trail cam on a tree like them putting leaves and sticks on the floor of my house. When I walk in and see leaves and sticks that are a foreign, you know, object to right. my environment. You telling me they're not going to see the same thing when they see a, a trail cam? Oh yeah. Unless you hide it really well, but they probably have watched you put it on the tree. Right. I was going to say, they're probably watching you do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, these things are smart, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, those are amazing, uh, amazing encounters you had for us tonight. Kyle. Yeah, those are great, man. Thanks for sharing those. Well, decided it's time. Time to get, yeah. get out there. Maybe it'll help somebody else that's had some of these things. You know, you're not alone. You're not crazy. Yeah, hopefully some more Indiana people will come forward if they hear this. That'd be awesome. Yeah. You know, sometimes people will say things and I kind of, key in on something and and that i've been pondering on for a while and you said tonight on the show uh when i asked you what what its face looked like and you said the aboriginal yeah um i never really thought about that before i've I've been hearing people describe it and trying to tie it together in my mind of what what are they saying what what kind of mixture are we talking about here but when you said aboriginal i kind of thought you know okay that makes sense to me now i can i can picture this now that skin tone, if you look at like an Australian Aboriginal, even like the black one, mm-hmm. that had that skin tone, you know, that really dark, dark brown to, you know, black. Right. Skin tone. Yeah, to me, it looked just like an Aboriginal. Of course, had a, a deeper brow and just bigger proportions to its face, but mm-hmm. it looked like a hairy Aboriginal man to me, just giant. That's just so cool to me to know yeah. that they're right here. They are here in Indiana and, and fairly right in close, backyard. fairly close mm-hmm. to us. You know, that's hoping is hoping yeah. to be driving down the road and see one sometime, somewhere, anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, again, Kyle, we appreciate it, man. We, we thank you a lot for sharing the stories and encounters with us tonight. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, man. We appreciate it. All right, bud. Well, you take care and, uh, if you ever run into anything else, get a hold of us. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. Sounds like you might. Yeah, I, hope, I really yeah. hope not. But, yeah, sounds uh, like you don't have a choice. No, right. I, it might have been Mark. I really don't know. I don't know how all mm-hmm. that works. Having things happening. So. Right. Thanks again, Kyle. We appreciate it. Thank you. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, that's really cool that uh, he had his encounter close to where Dwayne had his encounter. Yeah, I didn't realize that that that, that it was that close to where Dwayne was. Right, and those guys knew each other and were mm-hmm. was pretty cool. officers together, so yeah. We need to get down that way and, and take a look around. It's not that far. No, it's not far at all. Maybe an hour and a half at the most, I'm thinking, if yeah. that. So I'm I know. As soon as the weather breaks and the, starts warming up it's several months down the road, it's going to feel like a year, but yeah. uh, we'll get out there and check it out. The next six months of winter that we got to deal with. Exactly. Anyway, listeners, thanks again for being here with us tonight. We appreciate it. Yes. Thank you for being here with us for the last hundred episodes. Yes, that this too. Is- the last 99 episodes and then this one tonight exactly so it's pretty awesome man thank you guys thanks for being here with me for these 100 episodes man i look forward to 100 more with you always fun always fun always learning all right man until next time right on see you